0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Dark Corner. My name is Kyle Kaufman, and I'll be your host for today's episode. And we are officially back on our schedule of every other Friday with a brand new episode, which leads me to today's short story, which is called Crunch. It's just great. Uh, written by Cameron Townsend. I do give you a warning, though. This story could leave you with the willies, <laughs> which is why I liked it so much. I thought it'd be a perfect story for Dark Corner. So a special thank you to Cameron Townsend for sending us this short story. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Crunch, written by Cameron Townsend. Sunshine danced in and out through the canopy of leaves, sheltering the quiet street, and brightly lit the orderly rows of quaint houses and tidy lawns on either side. To the left, several young boys in jeans and sneakers were playing flag football, and three small girls were jumping the rope. To the right... A family of five wearing matching helmets rode their bicycles up the path painted along the curb. Appearing joined at the shoulders, Stephen and Louise Byers both leaned to look out the windshield at the same time as the car approached their new home and then looked at each other and laughed. Bread and butter, they said in unison. Gosh, I hope this isn't going to bring us bad luck, Louise chuckled, sitting back and unfastening her seatbelt. Our bad luck is all behind us, honey, Stephen assured her, pulling the car into the driveway. Look! "'There's our realtor, and the movers are almost finished unloading the van!' "'Super!' she replied, returning the realtor's exuberant wave. "'I can't wait to get everything put away!' "'Well, I hate to be a party pooper,' he said with the wince, "'but I'm exhausted from the drive. How about tomorrow?' "'You're right. This was just my stupid adrenaline talking,' she admitted, patting his cheek. "'But we have to put the bed together, or sleep on the floor tonight.' "'Bed duty I can do,' he said, getting out of the car. "'Hello there! Welcome to your beautiful new home!' The realtor, Sue Morlock, greeted them as they hurried up to the car. Did you have a nice trip? Yes, thank you, we did, answered Louise. The traffic through Santa Cruz was a bit heavy, so we apologize if you've been waiting very long. Oh no, not at all, replied Sue with an unconcerned wave. It gave me time to go through the house and see that everything is clean and in working order. So everything is good then, asked Stephen. At this, Sue Morlock's smile faded for an instant. Oh yes, everything is perfect. In spite of her cheery assurance, Stephen noticed the slight change in her expression. You sure about that? Oh, yes, very sure. He looked at her askance. But... Well, Sue hesitated but maintained her smile. Actually, there was a little problem, but it's hardly worth mentioning. I hate surprises, Stephen said, so mention it. Why don't we go inside? Sue suggested in her usual jovial manner. The dining table and chairs are in place, and I brought a cold bottle of champagne to celebrate. Oh, I love champagne, said Louise. Come on, Stephen, let's go and toast our new home. After the toast, Stephen drained his plastic flute and smiled at Sue Morlock. So, now what's this little problem that's hardly worth mentioning, he asked her. Sue returned his pleasant expression. As I said, it's nothing. The termite company tinted and treated the entire house last week, so the sandwich probably drew them in from outdoors. We've got termites? No, cockroaches. Cockroaches?! Stephen and Louise explained in disgust. Yes, but there was only two. As I said, the sandwich probably drew them in from outdoors. Clearly skeptical, Stephen looked at her. What sandwich? Oh, someone, probably one of the painters, left a half-eaten sandwich lying in the sink. But don't you worry. I sprayed the sink and counters and all the drawers and underneath the sink with bug killer, and then I washed the whole kit and caboodle with bleach. Well, that should get rid of them, Louise agreed, but I'll get some roach traps tomorrow. I doubt they'll be necessary, Sue reassured them. As she stood to leave, she glanced at her watch. Well, unless you have any questions, I have an open house in 20 minutes. If we have any questions, Stephen told her matter-of-factly on their way to the front door, still irked about the cockroaches, you'll be the first to know. He and Louise watched from the doorway until the realtor drove away. Then Louise said, I wonder if the phone is working. I promised Mom I'd call when we arrived. It should be. I called the phone company three days ago. Stephen looked around and saw a telephone on the floor beside the staircase. He picked it up and sat on the second step. Huh, he said, returning the handset to the cradle. There's no dial tone. Why don't you call her on your cell phone? Louise huffed. I forgot to charge it. Could I use yours? Stephen gave a shrug. Sorry, it's in one of my bags. I've got the office on ignore today, so I packed it. At this point, two men carrying boxes came in the house, while a third set a floor lamp by the door and then held out a clipboard with a pin. "'That's everything, folks,' he said with a grin. "'If one of you would just sign by the two Xs, we'll be on our way.'" Louise took the clipboard and signed the pages, then accepted a copy. "'Thank you,' she said, handing them $30 as a tip. "'This is for you and your guys for the great service.'" "'Hey, thank you,' he said with the tip of his baseball cap. "'Good luck in your new home.'" As he turned to follow the other two movers outside, there was a loud crunch. He paused and lifted his foot, revealing a squash cockroach. "'Oh, sorry.'" He apologized before continuing outside to his truck. No problem, Stephen muttered as he closed the front door. He looked at Louise. Just two roaches, huh? I don't suppose you know where the paper towels are. Louise flashed a confident smile. It just so happens I do. She went to her purse, took out two sheets of paper, and scanned them both. Box K3, which should be in the kitchen. Got it. Stephen Byers, Roach Annihilator, to the rescue. <laughs> My hero, laughed Louise. "'I'll go upstairs and get our bathroom set up, and then we can put the bed together.' As she started to the stairs, and Steve cleaned the floor, the doorbell rang. "'Who could that be?' he asked. "'Only one way to find out,' said Louise, opening the door. "'Welcome to the neighborhood, neighbors!' greeted the middle-aged man and woman on their stoop. "'We're Sid and Martha Hunter from next door,' explained the balding, bespeckled Sid. "'We thought you might be so tired, so we brought lasagna with garlic bread and a salad.' added Martha, a wiry, salt-and-pepper-haired woman in a plain yellow house dress and sensible shoes. Why, how nice of you, Louise said, smiling brightly. Please, come in. She ushered the hunters into the living room, while Stephen hastened to move some boxes off the couch. You'll have to excuse the mess. We're just about to start unpacking. Well, we're not going to keep you, said Martha, looking around the room. We just wanted to meet you and let you know you can call us if you need anything. She means like toilet paper or ice cubes or coffee, said Sid, casually rolling his hand in a little circle. Oh, Sid, that's not what I meant at all, Martha chided him. She held a note card out to Louise and smiled. Here's our phone number and a list of other numbers you might need. She means the police and fire departments and the pizza place, Sid explained, making the same rolling hand gesture. As Louise was about to thank them, she noticed a cockroach crawling over Sid's shoe and caught her breath, then gave Stephen a little nudge. When he looked at her, she directed her eyes at the floor. By now, two more cockroaches were crawling around both of the hunter's shoes. Hey, it was great of both of you to bring dinner, Steve said suddenly standing. And we certainly appreciate your number and all, but we're really tired and... Oh, say no more, Sid cut in as he got to his feet. Besides, it's almost time for Martha and me to feed the pests. Feed the pests? Stephen warily repeated. He means the pets, Martha quickly explained sid refers to them as the pests because they always seem to be underfoot little dickens knocked me down one day at a feeding and liked to kill me they get right cranky when they're hungry don't they mother oh they certainly do papa agreed martha rising as well and following him to the door now you two be sure to let us know if you have any problems we're right next door thank you we'll do that Stephen said smiling as he closed the door behind him Quickly, he and Louise hurried into the living room and began picking up boxes. Did you see where they went? No, I didn't. Darn it, she said, but maybe under the couch. At least the hunters didn't see them. That's lucky. They didn't seem like the discreet type. Crunch. Eek! Ugh! Oh, Louise cried, jumping back. I think I found one. Crunch. Son of a bad dog, said Stephen, looking under his shoe. Well, two down and one to go. Darn it, I hate those things, Louise said as Stephen used a paper towel to pick up the two flattened cockroaches. I'll go find a bug spray, the realtor laughed. Good idea. He grabbed a nearby plastic bag and dropped the soiled towels in it. Hey, was it just me or did the hunters strike you as a little creepy? They did seem sort of creepy, didn't they? Called Louise from the kitchen. Did you notice the way they both kept licking their lips? Yeah, but it looked more like a little nibbling thing to me. It's probably loose dentures. There were the sounds of cabinet doors opening and closing while Louise searched for the can of bug spray. It was nice of them to bring dinner," she noted. Yeah, if they didn't poison it. Stephen sank onto the sofa. Hey, what do you say we eat now and then go to bed? That way we can tackle all this unpacking first thing in the morning. I say two thumbs up to that, she called back. She returned with the can of ant and roach spray and handed it to Stephen. You can do the honors while I find the box of the plates and utensils and set the table. Oh, right. Oh, and find the wine, would you, honey? I could really use a drink about now. <laughs> so could I. I wish the ice cubes were ready. I could make us a couple margaritas." Richard grinned as he sprayed behind a lawyer's bookcase. "'Say the word and I'll call the hunters to bring some ice.' "'Not on your life, mister!' Louise shouted, uncorking a bottle of Zinfandel. By the time Stephen and Louise Byers finally collapsed into the crisp sheets of their freshly made bed with full stomachs and exhausted sighs, it had only been dark for an hour. "'I don't know if I can go to sleep this early,' Louise said, wiggling into the mattress. Sorry, I didn't hear that, said Stephen. I'm asleep. She chuckled. You bum. Good night, honey, he said, kissing her cheek. Good night, sweetheart, she replied as they each turned off their bedside lamps. Not long after the lights went out, Louise heard scratching sounds that seemed to be coming from inside the wall behind the headboard. Stephen, do you hear that? Hear what? he drowsily asked. That scratching noise. They listened to the sound for a moment, then Stephen sat up and turned on his lamp. While he looked around the room, the noise disappeared. That's weird. It stopped. Unsettled, Louise sat up and searched as well. When she saw what it was, she laughed. (laughs) Silly me, it's just a tree branch brushing against the window. Sorry, babe. No problem. Stephen turned out the lamp and settled back into the bed. I'll trim it in the morning. That said, they both closed their eyes and were soon asleep. Around midnight, Louise awoke with a start. The scratchy noise was back. Now accompanied by a rapid clicking, it sounded like thousands of old-fashioned typewriter keys striking the paper on a roller. She looked at the window. The branch was not moving. Stephen! She whispered, Are you awake? Stephen did not reply, except to make a snort in his throat. Honey, wake up! She said quietly, I hear something. Again Stephen's only reply was the snort. Trying to identify the sound, Louise listened intently until she found an odd weight creeping onto the bed from the footboard. It reminded her of the dog she had as a child that used to sneak into bed with her after everyone was asleep, only it was not as heavy. Still, it was heavier than her sister's cat and seemed to be spreading across the bed. Stephen! She tried again. The weight was moving quickly now and was almost to her hips. Stephen! Finally she sat up and turned on the lamp. At the foot of the bed stood the smiling Sid and Martha Hunter, watching a blanket of skirting brown cockroaches cover the bed so thickly that only the shape of Stephen was visible. The roaches plastered his face and crawled in and out of his mouth and his ears, feelers wiggling, heads twitching, they were everywhere, on the nightstands, the lamps, the dressers, the walls, the floor, and even the ceiling. They started falling like rain. Before Louise could leap from the bed, the cockroaches enveloped her in a squirming mass all the way to the top of her head, stifling her screams when they rushed in her mouth and down her throat. She started choking and tried to spit them out, frantically brushing them off her, but more roaches instantly replaced any she dislodged. She could feel them scurrying beneath her nightgown. They started biting her body. Through tiny spaces between the bugs she could see the hunters smiling at Stephen. She managed to turn her head toward him. He appeared to be melting into the mattress. Then she realized the roaches were eating him. In a last ditch effort to escape, she heaved herself onto the floor. Crunch, 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 crunch. The lamp on the other side of the bed lit. Louise, honey, are you okay? Stephen asked, leaning over the edge of the bed with a worried expression. Panting for breath, Louise continued to swipe away at nothing, then suddenly realized that she was on the floor. Stephen, she cried, quickly scrambling back onto the bed. "'You're alive!' "'Of course I'm alive, silly,' he said, wrapping his arms around her trembling body. "'What were you doing on the floor?' "'Oh my god, Stephen, I had the most horrible dream,' she said, clutching him to her. "'The hunters were here, standing at the end of our bed, and there were cockroaches everywhere. "'They were all over the room, and they were eating you!' "'Yikes!' Steve said, looking at her in mock terror. "'That's a pretty gruesome dream.' But it seems so real! The roaches crawled in my mouth and I couldn't even scream! Well, you're safe now. Hey, you're with Stephen Byers, roach annihilator, remember? He kissed her brow. Look, it's just stuff going on in your head about the new house and no phone and roaches and weird neighbors. He paused with a hand to his mouth to stop a belch. Or maybe it was the lasagna. He snapped his fingers. No wonder I'm tossing and turning. You are? Really? Louise looked up at him in question. You're not just saying that because I'm a big crybaby, are you? You're about as big a crybaby as Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley. He smiled and kissed her warmly on the mouth. Tell you what, he said with a wide grin, tossing off the blankets. Why don't I get us some Alka-Seltzer and a couple of those muscle relaxers the physical therapist gave me when I pulled my shoulder? They'll put us to sleep pronto. Do you think it'll work? Absolutely. We'll both be out like twin lights in no time. Ten minutes later, Stephen and Louise Spires snuggled into each other's arms and fell fast asleep. Soon after that, a scratching sound accompanied a clicking noise began in the walls and the bedroom door started to open. Okay, well that was Crunch, written by Cameron Townsend. I would like to thank Cameron for letting us listen to her short story. Crunch is actually one of seven short stories from her book, Seven Strange Little Tales, A Week of Bedtime Stories, which can be found on Amazon in paperback as well as on the Kindle. One of those movies I can never watch again is Arachnophobia, which means a fear of spiders. Have you ever seen it? It was from the early 1990s, and it's a movie about this invasion of spiders in the small town. And we're not talking about these sci-fi spiders that are, like, huge and people-like. We're talking about real spiders, actual spiders you see in your bedroom closet or this and that. But after seeing that movie of these spiders that just manifest in this town, every little itch I thought was a spider on me. It was horrible. And uh, I saw this movie as a kid and there's a shower scene in the movie. And anyway, you just have to check it out, but it'll definitely give you the willies. Arachnophobia. So this short story crunch reminded me of arachnophobia, but instead of spiders, we've got Cockroaches. Cockroaches are gross. And the way I always imagined cockroaches and crunch were they were the size of your thumb. You know those roaches, the size of your thumb? Oh yeah. I'm sure there's a phobia for fear of cockroaches. But anyway, if you want a good heebie jeebies thriller, check out Arachnophobia. John Goodman plays in it. Anyway, a special thank you again to Cameron Townsend for letting us read Crunch on this episode. Uh, Cameron has a Facebook author page If you want to check that out on Facebook Uh, Her name is Cameron Townsend And uh, she is also On Amazon and Kindle With uh, some novels called the Lenore Gray novels Their paperback is available On all online booksellers So thank you again for sharing Your work with us on Dark Corner And like I mentioned before This is one of seven short stories from her book So we're actually going to read another one On future episodes So be expecting that. And as always, if you are a writer or know a writer, we're always looking for short stories to put on here. Um, you just visit our website at com, Click the podcast tab and then just follow the instructions to submit uh, anywhere between 2,500, 4,000 words. Could be less, could be more. It all depends on the story, how good it is. Uh, if it is longer, sometimes that's a bonus. If it's shorter, sometimes it's a shorter episode. So, Anyway, that's what we like. So that's it. So that concludes this episode of Dark Corner. Please share this podcast with your friends. There is no better form of advertisement for us than word of mouth. So please follow, subscribe, depending on the podcast player you listen to. And uh, tell your friends about this podcast if they like scary stories. I love the horror genre, and uh, I just like to keep it alive. And uh, on a final note... I recently found out that the movie Smile, the new horror movie Smile, that made a ton of money at the box office. Anyway, a friend of mine actually told me that it was originally based on a short film that got seen at a festival, and Paramount Pictures bought the rights and made it into a feature. So I watched the short film last night on YouTube. Whoa, it was good. Like, I could see why it was purchased, the idea at least, to make into a feature film. So... If you did see Smile and you liked it, or even if you didn't, go on YouTube and search Smile Short Film. The short film's name isn't Smile. I can't remember what it is. It's something hasn't slept, but uh, you, you'll find it that way. Anyway, enjoy it. And if you like it, tell me what you think. Hit us up on uh, Instagram. At Sebastian Films Unlimited is our handle. We'll have a brand new episode in two weeks. Until then, have a hauntingly good week. This is Kyle Kaufman, your host, signing off at Dark Corner. This episode of Dark Corner was created, produced, and edited by myself, Kyle Kaufman. Our opening music was composed by Mauricio Perdillo. Background music during read provided by Mulei Taimi from freesound.org. This has been a Sebastian Films Unlimited presentation. You can visit our website at www.sebastianfilmsunlimited.com and find us on Instagram at Sebastian Films Unlimited.